as uh, Frank mentioned, Rory is gone, and he asked me a couple of weeks ago if I would be interested in, in teaching, and I said, sure. So I started praying about um, what the Lord would have for us for today. And um, the Holy Spirit just, just convicted me, and, and through my teaching, um, just really put a desire, or through my uh, study, rather, a desire as I'm, I'm studying through uh, Acts that, uh, that we bring to you the whole counsel of God. Uh, in Acts chapter 20, Paul is uh, leaving uh, uh, the, the church of Ephesus, and he's talking to the Ephesian elders, and he says, um, I'm able to wash my hands clean of you guys, clean of the blood, uh, because I have not shrunk in declaring to you the whole gospel, the whole counsel of God. And so that is our desire here, that that would be true of us, that we would give you every opportunity to know all truth about God, starting with salvation all the way through the sanctification process when we go home to be with the Lord. So, um, uh, so sometimes that requires us then to start at the beginning, doesn't it? Um, and, and so today... Um, I'm going to be teaching on, uh, on salvation. Uh, and before some of you uh, turn that off and, oh, we're going to be talking about salvation. I've been coming to the church for 20 years or, or whatever. I'm saved. Um, hear the message. Listen to the message. Uh, there's something for everyone. Um, I hope that uh, by the end of this message, um, we will be able to um, better explain, understand how um, our belief in God works and be able to take that to other people. So if you're a believer, um, which I hope most of you are, I uh, hope all of you are, um, this will be um, an education in that that we can further take along to other people. Um, I would really like to, to talk to you. Uh, uh, you know, I got so much time here, right? And I'd like to be able to start from the very beginning and, and talk about uh, regeneration, how God works there, and what God has done in my life, and how God is, is everything. And how that pursuit is, is everything and knowing him and that love. Uh, the, the world is dead. It's empty. Uh, in Ephesians 2, it talk, uh, talks about uh, that um, the world is, is uh, God subjected it from sin. It is crumbling. It's everything's coming to an end. And so that uh, God um, uh, is it. So our pursuit of him, that relationship um, but I can't, I'm not going to start there. I'm going to trust that everybody here wants to uh, believe. So that's what we're going to be going over today is a belief. What, you know, where does that belief lie? How do we, how do we come about that belief? So um, hopefully everybody here has that desire, has that passion to know the Lord, to, to chase the Lord, um, to believe in him and to be saved. Um, and if you don't, and if you're still wrestling with that, hopefully by the end of this message, uh, you'll come to grips with that as well. Uh, so if we, if we briefly just take a look at what salvation is to us, how it's uh, uh, spelled out in the gospel, it's, it's um, God in the beginning creating heaven and earth and uh, created it well, created it, it was done, it was finished, beautiful work, uh, sin entered the, the world through uh, man, um, so there was the, a fracture that took place in the beginning, a separation of God, uh, God desired there to be um, a relationship still, he desired uh, to, to bring back to him everything, so, um, and, and so he had a plan to redeem the world. And in this plan to redeem the world was his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, he, Jesus came, lived a life here on earth, died, and rose again on the third day so that we could be saved. So that's salvation. This, the work of salvation then is done. Uh, it's, it's all finished. Jesus took care of it on the cross. So then what is left is, is God, uh, the Father, the Holy Spirit, tugging at us, pulling at us, um, pulling at our heart, calling us to him. That's his work. And um, we then believe in him by a faith that he's given to us, and then we're saved. So we are saved then by grace, only by grace through faith. That's how we're taught. We're saved by grace through faith. It's not a work of us. So that's, that's salvation there. Um, uh, and, and no better verse, I'm sure uh, most of you guys are familiar with it, explains that than, than John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. So what is it that that tells us we need to do? We need, we need to believe, right? And so we, we've grown up in church. Um, Sunday school, we heard that, that word believe. We need to believe in God. Uh, we've heard it at, at church camp, believe in God. 
in, in services here, believe in God. There's, there's many um, instances in the Bible that says, believe in God and you'll be saved, right? So, so what is that belief? Um, and so that's what I want to talk about today is that, that word belief and, and try to help us gain a better understanding of that. We're not going to do that by going directly at the word belief, okay, and, 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 and try to dissect belief and what that means, you know, grab some synonyms and, and, and help us, you know, look at that belief. I think that is what has caused some confusion um, that we're going to see here later on. So, so rather than go directly at belief, we understand that belief, we, we, believing in God leads to salvation, right? That's how we are saved, is a belief in, in God leads to salvation. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at salvation, and, and we're going to look at an account of salvation in the Bible, and then we're going to be able to take that back and put that on belief and realize, okay, that therefore is belief. That's, this is how I believe when I look at this salvation experience in the Bible. That is my belief. And then so by the end of this, um, we will come up with a, a simple definition based on Scripture, what we see today, of what believe is. Okay, so um, let's turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verses uh, 21 to 23 is what we're going to take a look at. Okay, and as we're taking a look at belief, we're going to take a look at a couple of truths about belief that, that help us um, define belief. And, and in this first um, passage here in Matthew, we're going to spend a little bit of time here, and the bulk of our time is going to be spent looking at the account of salvation in Acts. Okay, so uh, there's actually some misconception here about, um, about belief. So we're going to take a look at that, and, and, and we're going to begin our understanding of what this biblical belief is. So uh, Matthew 21. So Jesus is, uh, this is during his ministry on earth, and he's teaching people, and, and here's, where, uh, here's what he's teaching. It says, uh, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So right away we see that there's people that are going to call out to him, and he says, not everybody who does that will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, on that day, that day of judgment um, that people will have without God, without Christ, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? And did we not do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Okay, so right away, this is, this is, this is kind of heavy. This is, this is not easy for us to digest because um, we're, not, we're not surprised that, that there's going to be that day of judgment when, when God's going to say, okay, um, no, you're, you're, you're in hell. Uh, you, didn't, you didn't follow me. You didn't love me, right? We're not surprised that that's going to happen to people. We, we get that. We understand that. That's why we're here. Um, what is surprising is, is that Jesus, in this passage, is, is saying who that's going to be um, in many cases. It's going to be those people who um, absolutely are, by their lifestyle, we see completely reject God, say, I want to have nothing to do with God. Um, I, I want my life. That's it. I don't want God. So it's not only going to have those people, um, but this passage here tells us it's, it's going to have people that actually professed God, that actually did, did works for God. And so we want to see that, and that's a struggle, right? Um, usually we, we think that when we're, we're in this church, we're, we're, we're kind of safe here, right? We've been going to church a long time. I, I understand the gospel. I, 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 I've memorized scripture. I've helped out. I've been a part of a church. And so we're, we see people come in and out, and we've seen people here long. We all assume we're, we're kind of safe here, that this is a good, safe place to be. And, and Jesus is attacking that notion. And um, well, let's just see here. Uh, let's go back to verse 21, okay? So verse 21, we're kind of looking at this kind of at the 30,000-foot level, okay? So we're looking down on what he's talking about. The, the big picture here, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So it's not just a, 
a, a reaching out, a calling out. It's, I, I need you, God. I want you, God. Um, you are my God. It's not just that, right? We see that, that that's not correct. Not everybody who does that will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one, remember this, but the one who does the will of my Father, okay? So, so what's the will of the Father? Well, let's, let's look at 22. We get a little bit closer now. We're, we're like 15,000 feet here. We're sinking in on understanding what this is. So we're going to take a look at the will of the Father here in 22. So on that day, that day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? And did we not do mighty works in your name? So, so we're calling out to you. I'm professing to know you. And I'm, 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 doing, a, I'm doing good. I'm doing some things that are, that are awesome. I'm prophesying for you. I'm, I'm doing mighty works for you. So I want to make you happy. I'm doing this for you. And so this is church people, isn't it? This isn't people who say, I hate God. These, this are, these are good people. These are people who on this day are shocked. They're going, wait a minute. I spent my life, I thought, you know, chasing you. So, so this is a problem here, isn't it? This, this should be hitting us here and go, okay, so, so what's going on here? Okay, so remember in verse 21, he says, the ones who do the will of my Father, that's, that's who's coming with me. That's who's going to be here in heaven. So verse 23 says, and then I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So he calls them workers of lawlessness because we know that God tells us that our good works are like filthy rags. We can't be good enough. You're working on the side of the law and not on the side of the cross with Jesus. Okay, so it, it, it doesn't impress me. I don't care about your good works. What does he care about? What's the will of the Father? I never knew you. I never knew you, it says, right? So that speaks of a relationship, doesn't it? That doesn't speak of works. That doesn't speak of just a simple, I, I, I want you, God. I, I profess you. It speaks of a relationship, okay? And we have the ability as, as people, as humans, um, to know God, to come into a deep intimate relationship with God. In the beginning, he created us in his image, in his image. So we have the ability, okay, to know him. He is similar to us. Those S's are tough, aren't they? He is similar to us um, in in a lot of ways. Um, He says we can know him. We can come to know him. The problem is we're relating to him from our physical spectrum, our, 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 our physical bodies that um, I know Ernie. I believe he's there. I can touch him. I, I see him right there. So I'm going, I, could, I believe in that. I, and, and so we, we have this, this kind of ascent towards God where we go, okay, I see the stars. I see the, you know, this all makes sense. There, there must be a God, right? Um, and so we relate to the spirit because God is in spirit um, with our physical body. That doesn't work. So we have to tap into our relationship um, in the spiritual realm. And we have lying within us a spiritual body, a spiritual capacity to know him. Okay. The scriptures tell us this and we have to tap into that. Um, and, and God does that for us, right? Not going all the way back into regeneration, but so that's how we know him. Um, if if we bump into somebody, we run into them, we, we, uh, we, we ask them what their name is. They say, I'm Tom. Okay. Hey Tom, uh, what do you do for a living? Um, I'm a doctor. All right. So, so I know a little bit about Tom, right? I, I, I've met Tom. Uh, he's a doctor. Um, but if that's, if that's the extent of our relationship, that's, would you say I knew him? I, no, I, I don't know Tom. I know who he is. I've heard about him. Be, you know, I don't know him. On the other hand, if you, you've got a spouse and you've, you've spent some time with your spouse, you begin, you begin to know them um, in a way that nobody else does. You, uh, you know what they think. You know what they like. You know what they want. You know what not to do, right? <laughs> you know what to do. Okay, so because you've spent time, there's been an investment of time to know that person, right? And so that is where we're at here. It's not an intellect, okay? It's a no. I, I want to know you, okay? So the first thing that we see, uh, the first thing that, that we come to is, in our, in our belief in God, is that 
our belief must consist of a legitimate wanting to know him, knowing me, me knowing him relationship. Okay. So now I want us to turn to um, Acts 25. Okay. Turn to Acts 25. And we are going to now go to, we went from 30,000 feet, 15,000. Now we're going to go to ground zero. We're going to see this um, belief played out. Okay. And then we're going to, we're going to um, look at the misconceptions that were in Matthew, kind of put them back on this story in, in Acts and, and see the confusion there. So this will become clear to us. So, so as you're flipping to Acts, let me get a drink of water. Um, give you a little bit of background. Acts 16, 25. So Paul, the greatest missionary ever known to mankind, right? Um, it's crazy guy. Led by the Spirit. Uh, he's always in trouble for doing what God has him to do, teach the gospel, gets beat, gets thrown in jail, all kinds of problems. So uh, 16, um, 25, this, this story here, no exception. Paul and Silas are out teaching the gospel, and there's this little slave girl. She's possessed by a demon. Uh, Paul kicks that demon, calls that demon out. Uh, the demon leaves. The owners of the slave girl are really mad at him. Uh, for doing that because they were making money off of her fortune telling. So they, you know, they, they bust him. They get him in trouble and they beat him. They, they, they beat, they pulverize him. They, it says they ripped off his clothes, him and Silas. They ripped off their clothes and they flogged him. And that's with wooden poles, just pummeled him, okay? And then threw him into jail. So that's where we're at in, in verse 25. And um, let's, let's uh, start reading 25 then. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Okay, so at midnight, so he's probably been there all day because it talks about going to the magistrates, uh, going to the marketplace. So uh, when they got in trouble, they've been there all day. Okay, and so knowing Paul, it says here at midnight they were singing hymns and praying. Knowing Paul, he probably taught too, right? That's what he wanted to do. So he's teaching, he's singing, he's praising. So, So here comes... Here comes Paul and Silas. Here comes these two dudes. Nobody knows. In, into prison. They've got their clothes ripped off them. They're, they're bloody. They're battered. They're bruised. And um, so they just look like the rest of the guys in prison, right? So, so here's these guys in prison. And it says they were sing- Paul and Silas were singing hymns, and the prisoners were listening. So the prisoners are looking at them. They're going, what the- this is what it looks like in prison. Typically, we're, we're, we're mad. We're scared. We're confused. I... This wasn't my life. It wasn't fair. I, I mean, I didn't have a chance. Um, I, I didn't have any money. I had to steal. Uh, and, and some of them are going to die for what they did. So there's, there's, they're afraid. Um, there's all these kind of, you know, this tension here in prison. And, and, and these guys come in and they look at them just like them. They're beat up and they're singing. They're, they're praising and singing and talking about this God. So, so right away we see here these guys are going, what? What's going on, right? So you can imagine their thought process. Let's uh, continue on. Verse 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everybody's bonds were unfastened. So, so there's an earthquake, and the, the lights are already out. It's midnight. Uh, there's an earthquake, um, and all the bonds are loosed. All the doors are open. Everybody has an opportunity at that moment to leave, right? To flee, to save themselves. There's, there's going to be some of these guys, no doubt, who if they don't run, if they remain in prison, they're going to be killed. They're going to be killed for what they did. Or, or at best, they're going to remain in prison. So, so of course you're going to leave. Of course you're going to run. Who's going to see? It's midnight. Okay, uh, it's dark. They don't have tracking dogs. They don't have flash. I mean, you're going to get away. You're going to get away. So that's where we're at here. Um, it, they have the opportunity to leave these prisons. Everybody has a chance to get away here. So verse 27. When the jailer woke and saw the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped But Paul cried out with a loud voice, do not harm yourself for we are all here. So this guy seeing this just sees the doors are open. And he's, 
he grabs a sword to kill himself because he knows that if these prisoners escape on his watch, he's going to die. He's so sure, he's so sure that everybody is gone, he bet his life on it. I know for a fact they're gone. I don't have to go in there. They're gone. Who in the world wouldn't be? Guaranteed they're gone, so he's going to take his own life. I just, I'm just going to get it over right now. But Paul cries out to him and says, um, we're all here. Why would they be there? Why would everybody still be there? You know, the, the, the title um, in, in, in my passage right here is the Philippian jailer converted. Uh, but it's, it's such an awesome depiction of what's going on with these prisoners as well. These prisoners are still there um, because they, they believe in God. They believe in what Paul and Silas are talking about, praying about. They believe in that. They see how these guys come in here that, that shouldn't have deserved to come. What did they do? They, 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 you know, they, they, um, well, first off, I guess that would probably look pretty crazy, right? What, what are you in here for? Oh, we got rid of this demon, you know? <laughs> so right away. And then, but these guys are praying and worshiping. Something doesn't look right about their life. And then the, you know, the, the earth, I mean, these guys see a legitimate belief that Paul and Silas are displaying. They've talked about it. They've talked about truth, and they're witnessing what it is to have a belief in God. To go, you know, I don't, I don't care. I'm going to praise you even in this prison where I shouldn't be. I'm, I'm not just okay with it. I'm praising your name. I'm trusting you. I'm believing in you. All I can think about is you. This is Paul who said, I, I, I count my life as nothing. I count my life as nothing that I may finish my race, my course to testify of the grace of God. Of course, it, that's displayed right there. His life is meaningless. So he elevates God so high that these guys look at that, they listen, and they believe. Every last one of them. Guys who, if they stay, will be killed. But they go, you know what? That, this is still better. This is still better. His way, I, I'm going to turn from, from what I know to be true. I'm going to turn from what I know to be right. I'm going to turn from where I've been, and, I, and I'm, going, I'm going this way. I see hope here, even though I may die. Even though I might die, I see hope here. So this is what's going through the mind of the jailer. He knows these guys are in trouble. He knows he was going to kill himself, right? And he sees, he heard Paul and Silas talking, teaching, praying. And then he witnesses an unbelievable belief in God. Let's see what he did. Verse 29. And the jailer called for the lights, rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. You and your household. That's it. Jailer, you've got to believe. You've got to believe. They knew that he just witnessed what belief was. They knew that he sees that. They knew that he was there. They, they know that he understands. He gets. He hasn't been in Sunday school for 30 years. He doesn't have the Bible. He, he witnessed it. He saw it. That it was taught and he saw it. They know that he knows now what it means to believe in God. It's, 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 it's crazy belief. Owning, going this way, no matter what the circumstance, it's, it's leaving my life, it's trusting in him, it's saying this is better, this is what belief means. This is what it is. And so, because he sees this, 
he has an opportunity then to believe. Um, so, so many times we want to, me, want to, to help people really grasp and understand, you know, uh, you know this is what believe me, and, and try to really dissect it and take it apart. And Paul's going, you know, you saw it. You saw it here. Okay, so um, I'm going to go off for just a second, and we'll get right back to the story. But just, uh, you know, you guys, you people that are believers, you know, um, this ought to be real, real challenging and impacting to us, okay? So we see that the truth is taught, but, but, but what is it that really brings it home? It, it's, it's a life that, that believes in what you're ta- that, that says, I trust God. I trust God, and I'll even praise him in difficult times. Not only, I'm not just going to accept it. I am going to go, you, it's your plan. Whatever you have in store for me, you are everything. You are everything. And I will praise you, I will sing about you, and I will tell everybody about you. I don't care what's going on. That is what you and me need to be living. That's how we need to be living. That is what saves is when we teach the truth of the gospel so they know what, where truth even lies, and then they have an opportunity to see you really believing that, living that, trusting only in God, not in yourself. That's powerful, okay? If, if, if you as believers take nothing home today other than that, um, own that right there. Let that be challenging. Let that be convicting to the core because there's plenty of people out there um, that hear a little bit of stuff, that do a little bit of hearing, maybe even people in here that, that, that come in here that they, they understand, but, but they, don't see it, they don't see it lived out. They don't see people trusting in God. They see Christians that um, in difficult times or even in good times, um, they, they, don't, they don't trust God. They don't really have that belief in God. Okay, so... We'll see here, and continuing on, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. 32 says, and they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house, and he took them that same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house, and he set food before them, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in Christ. Okay, so we see that um, as soon as this conversion um, took place, that this belief in God took place, that uh, they continued to teach them, right? In verse, um, in verse 32, it says, and they spoke the word of the Lord to him. So they continue on preaching, teaching the word of truth. So we're not just left with this, um, you know, experience. We, we, we want to continue to expose you to the truth then. So, so that's what took place. So we see here in this story, awesome, radical conversion of not only the jailer, but, but the prisoners as well. We see it lived out. That, that helps us gain a, a much clearer picture of, of what the word belief is. So if we take Matthew 7 and, and the misconceptions that are in there about belief, about relationship, and then we apply them to this passage here, here here's, how it'll, here, here's how it would look. So um, go back into our story here. Midnight, this happens, right, that there's an earthquake. So say like at 10 o'clock, we're going to call a guy Johnny. Okay, so at 10 o'clock, Johnny goes to... Um, Paul and Silas, he's, he's afraid, I'm, I'm, I'm going to die, this is where I'm going to finish my life, um, I, it sounds good what you're talking about, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to heaven, um, so I'm afraid for my life, and, and I, want to, I, want, I want what you have, I want to I believe that, I want to I know that God, okay, what, how do you do this, what do you do? And Paul says what? Says, you know, he'd say the same thing. Believe in God. You got to believe in God, Johnny. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. That's it. You just, all right. <laughs> cool. All right. Now I'm excited. I'll be, I believe in God. Okay. So now you got Johnny who professes Christ, right? I, I believe in God. Midnight rolls around. 
same thing, earthquake, um, all the lights are flipped on, everybody's there but Johnny, okay, Johnny is gone, Johnny's gone, what, what happened? He said, he mouthed the words, especially in crisis where a lot of people come, and that's okay to start there, but he mouthed the words, um, I want to believe in God. I, I want to trust him like you guys are. I want this, what you've got. That, then rubber meets the road here, um, and he had no intention of following God. Did he? He, didn't, he had no intention of turning his life and go, okay, I trust in, in him. I, I turn from where I've been, and I'm going to look at you. I'm going to trust in that. And, right, like, like what we see the, the, the prisoners doing. That's the example that God is talking about, that Jesus is talking about in, in Matthew 7. Some of you are just going to confess. Just, just say, hey, it's, it's me. Here I am. Well, the, the problem is this came out of just a, a fear, um, a fear of, of, of God. And um, the, the problem with fear, just having a fear of God, um, being afraid of God, being afraid of hell, believing, you know, some people um, maybe that are here today, they, they go, I, I believe in God, okay, and I believe, it, I believe in hell too, and I, I don't, I don't want to be there. I want to I be in heaven. That's where I want to be. And so that's, so what we do is we profess Christ, and then we live our life like we want the rest of our life. We don't really have any intention of turning our life over to God, of following him, of turning from where we've gone to follow him. And uh, the problem with that is heaven will not be filled with people who are afraid of hell. Okay? Heaven won't be filled with people who are afraid of hell. It'll be filled with people who love Jesus, who love God, who have a relationship, who know him, who have worked at knowing him, who he knows. So, so this won't happen. This fire insurance that people speak of isn't legit. It's not real. There is no such thing. I, I just want to come to know Christ, and then I get a good. So, so how we see this played out in the church is, is sometimes as we, Sunday school, we have an experience uh, when we're seven, um, and, and we, we, um, we listen to what the teacher has to say, and they said, okay, everybody, everybody say this sentence after me, and, and we think, okay, now I'm good. For, I'm, I'm good. I'm good because um, we believe that you can never lose your salvation. Yes, that's true, but you weren't saved in that sentence. You weren't saved there. You're fooling yourself. You can't profess Christ and then go on living how you want to for the rest of your life. You've never turned. You've never repented. You've never went to follow his will. And it's got to be more. In this, in this situation, we, we, see a, we see a knowledge Okay, we see a, I believe, right? I, I believe in that. Um, the problem with just that is James 2.19. James 2.19 tells us that even the demons believe in God. Okay? And what? And they shudder. So they not only believe in him, they, they know who he is. They are afraid of him. They're afraid of God. They are afraid. We see an account in Acts 19 of, of the seven sons of Sceva that they see the, the disciples going on and, and doing many miracles. Um, do, you know, people are just touching Paul and, and being healed. And they're like, hey, I want I want a part of that, right? The, we can make some money off of this. So the seven of them come around this, this one guy. Hey, get out of here, demon. We're, we're, the demon turns to him. Who are you guys? I, I know Jesus. Okay, you're, you're, not, you're not him. I know Paul. I've heard of Paul. So even his disciples, they're afraid of the power that's in them and the Holy Spirit. So I, I, I know Jesus. I've heard, I don't know you. And the, and the demon through the man, jumped on all seven of the guys, guys, beat them to a pulp, stripped them of their clothes, and they went on their way crying. That the demon had no fear of anybody without the Holy Spirit, without God. So the demon has a great fear of God, a, a knowledge, um, probably a better knowledge than, than a lot of us, knowing, knowing full well that God is real. The demons are in the, in the spirit world, and so they know God is real. 
and they are afraid of God. So that can't be, that might be how we come initially to Christ. We might have this legitimate fear of hell, and then we start believing in God. I'm, I'm, and that's okay to, to come there, to come to that place, but that's not okay. That's the only thing that we do. There's no relationship in that. There's no desire to know him in that. There's no, there, there's no um, um, turning of your lifestyle and going, you're it. I don't, I don't care what else happens. You're just afraid, okay? And so we've said this prayer, and we think everything's okay. Okay, so that's the first problem that we have, this, this mental ascent, this belief, okay? And the, and the second one, talks about in verse 23, verse 22 in, in Matthew is, is people who work for God, right? I did, all these, I did all these things for you. And here's how that would look like. And you guys are going to see how ludicrous this is. So back into our story, the jailer comes along and he sees this. All the guys are still here, right? He, he witnessed it and, and he is blown away. He falls on his knees again. And he says, what, sirs, what, what do I got to do to be saved? What do I got to do? What does Paul say? You got to believe. You have to believe in God. That's it. And so he's on, what? That's just a, well, I can do that. So I've got I've to believe. Well, okay, so now I'm looking out here. I get this. I, I understand that these guys out here, believe. These are, these are believers. That makes sense to me. So I look at what they are doing and I do that. Oh, okay. So this guy's over here sitting down and weeping beside Paul. I'll do that. I'll, I'll go. I can, I can sit down and cry. Or, or this guy, this guy's standing. Oh, okay. That's what believers, they stand. Oh, I can do that. You guys see the, 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 the foolishness in that? Oh, here's what Christians, nobody here is asleep. Okay, Christians can't sleep. So if you're a believer, okay, you, I can't sleep, and I, but I can stand and I can sit and I, I can cry, though. How, how ridiculous is that? And yet that's how some people live. That's how some people relate to God. They, they make an ascent to him. And they go, okay, I, I see what other believers are doing. Believers are pretty good people. Um, they help out here. They do this. They, they, they teach Sunday school. Um, they, they help clean up. They do things in the community. So I'm going to do that. That is what I'm going to work on. So you have people that have made this ascent that spend the rest of their life trying to make God happy, trying to relate to God that way. And what does God call that? What does Jesus call that in verse 23 of Matthew? Lawlessness. Away, away from me. Again, in that picture, there's no desire to turn from what I've done to just trust and believe and, in God and, and have a relationship there. It's I want to make God like me. I want to look like, I want to look like these other guys. I want to, I want to do this stuff. I want to look like a believer. You know, it's so easy here in America to look like Christians. There's no confrontation. There's no confrontation here. The worst we're going to get is um, maybe an attack on our pride. You, you go to other places of the world, they get in prison. Nigeria, you teach the gospel, your head comes off. You get killed. You don't have people over there that are going, looking at Christians from th this direction. They go, I, I want to do what he, they don't do that. Because you get killed if you do. So they, they look at it this way. They say, um, if I believe in what they believe, I might die. I might die because that's what happened. You look like this. You get crazy. You get risky. You smuggle Bibles. You teach the gospel. They, that's why the gospel spread like crazy in China. 
There's no pretenders. We in America, it's so easy, we, we want to come at it from this way. We look at what the believers are doing so that we can have a belief. So, we, so we, 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 I'm going to come from this way. I'm going to do what you're doing, and that gets me to a belief because there's no confrontation there. Christians are nice people. They're, they're, they're nice. Everybody likes them. So, so in both of these examples, as we've laid Matthew 7 on, on Acts 16, as we've made um, application there for us, we see how misconceptions are played out. We see that um, there's, there's absolutely no desire to know him. There's no desire in those to know him. And there's no desire to, to turn from where you're at. And the Bible's teaching us, you guys, that if that's true, if that's us, we ought to be really scared. doesn't matter how long you've been coming to church, to this church or any other church. You ought to be really, really scared. The second, the second truth that we see in a belief that leads to salvation is a, is a turning away from our old life, our old self. We, we call this repentance, right? We call this repentance. I'm turning away from what I knew to be true, from what I used to do, from the things that I held dear, even my life, for the sake of knowing you, of, of knowing God of turning to him and believing and following in God, right? So that's this second truth that we've learned. Your plans are now my plans. I now have a desire for you. Okay, so if we're going to define belief today, how, how could we define it? How could we define what belief is? We've probably tried to articulate that to our friends, to our relatives, and, and, and struggle with that, me included. But if we look at just Scripture and it played out here in Scripture, we could define belief by a relationship where, where he knows me and where I know him. I've repented of my sin, and now I follow him. That's it. There's nothing more to believe than those, those truths there. That's it. Okay? Um, a more simple set, I guess, is it's, it's a relationship that follows God. We, we've heard that said, but we, somehow we get confused as to what it really is. Now, in that relationship are all the words that we've heard. We're only saved by grace. Uh, we need to, to love him, um, surrender to him, seek him. Obey him, desire him, follow him. All that's there. That's all included in that. It's just a relationship, a real legitimate relationship that we work on. We don't know him when, we're, when, we, when we come to salvation. Okay? We don't know him. That's the beginning. So we continue to work on the relationship to know him. So it's a knowing him. He knows us, and we've repented from where we were because we see that leads to nothing but destruction we don't desire that, and we go to him. So in that, is there sin? Well, sure. Yes, there's sin. We're not talking about people being perfect. Not even close. We're not even talking about sin here. Okay, because we know that we're still going to sin, so the issue isn't um, if we sin. I'm not even talking about an issue of how much. Um, but it's a genuine desire to, to love him, to turn from this, and, and guess what? Out of that, we sin less and less. But that's not the point. Um, 
I, I, I got a new systematic theology book and was, was pretty pumped to get that. And, and then it's like a 1200 page book. You just, it's very, it has all the truths, all the doctrines, um, in the Bible, everything you need to know dissected. And it's, man, I was like, yes, that's what, that's what we're going to do. That's what we're, we're going to get deep into this. And I was talking to Blaine uh, before service and just kind of, uh, you know, it was like, this is, this is where I, I, I was going to, I'm going to do this. We're going to get as deep in understanding what belief is as we can while still making it clear. So studied all these words and, and the process of everything and wanting to, you know, it's, it's too much to handle for, for one message. It can get confusing, and that's what we do sometimes, is we make Christianity, coming to Christ, too confusing for our friends to understand. Or maybe we don't even understand it. We've made it too confusing. So the Lord showed me, keep it simple, but truthful. Keep it simple. Jesus taught throughout the New Testament by using parables. It wasn't a bunch of wordy, flowery, difficult-to-understand speech. Look at this, is what he's saying. Look at this. So now we are equipped with a great message of salvation to be able to go, you know what? It's a belief. It's a belief. Let me take you here. You got a minute? Let's look at that. Let's, and and, and we, that picture becomes clear, doesn't it? That belief becomes clear. So now we've taken this salvation experience and we've placed it on top of belief. And we see what belief is, and that's what it is. Okay? This lived out. So hopefully, hopefully that uh, has gained us a much clearer picture of, of salvation and belief. Okay? Um, there might be a little bit of confusion. You know, some, how do I know if I'm saved? How do I know if that's me? Well, a change in your heart is, is going to become evident. Um, just some things that, that are going to be changing inside of you. Um, you're, you're going to have a, a, a heartfelt trust for God as your Savior and your Lord, ruling over your life um, on, on earth as, as, well in heaven, as well as in heaven. So, so you're going to trust him, Okay. There's going to be difficulties in that. It's not going to all, we're not going to always walk perfectly in that. But we're going to see the ways that we used to walk in don't make that much sense. And sometimes we're going to look back and we're going to see the ways we walk in and think that it makes sense. But we're not going to do that because I trust God. He's showing me different. Okay, so we're not going to use our own wisdom here. A hunger for his word. A hunger for his word, a hunger for reading the Bible. Not just being fed on Sundays and Wednesdays, but a true legitimate hunger for his word. Why would that be included in that? Because we're talking about a relationship, right? Coming to know him. He says, you know me through this, through prayer. So if we really have a desire to know him, we're probably going to be reading about him. We're not making it legalistic. I'm gonna, you know, no, it's a desire, a hunger, okay? Not a legalistic battle with the word, but a desire for the word. Now, now there's going to be some struggling. I've struggled in my Christian life with that. Um, pray through that. Pray through that. You pray through it. You work through it. Um, and don't do it alone. Come, I'm, I'm struggling with this. Will you pray with me? Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes uh, what we can do to work, I, I've done this, go get audio tapes. Plug them into your car. That makes it easier when I listen to it. Well, go do that then. Get online. Listen to people online that, um, you know, uh, some, uh, one of the elders may have proved, you know, there's some confusing stuff out, right? So make sure you know who you're listening to is legitimate and is truly following uh, the, the truth of God. But listen online. I love listening online. Get some other books to help. Get commentaries. A commentary, is, it just simply breaks down the verses and helps us understand. If you want to know, you'll work at it. My brother got got shot through the guts in, in 2004. We were told he, he's going to have, um, uh, that he had pancreatitis. And, and you know, um, 
and, and that it, you know, it could kill him. Okay, so I get online, I dissect, I don't just read one, I read, I, I, I look at everything I can to find out about pancreas, because I have a desire to know, I want to know. He's a part of my life, I want to know what's going on with this. He ended up not having it, he's still here to, to, today, and, um, uh, but anyway, I, I wanted to know that. So if you genuinely want to know, that's going to be one clue that you have, is that you have a, a hunger to, to read his word. And then, as I said, also a desire to pray, to communicate with God. That also can be a struggle. Pray through praying. Have people pray for you that you would pray. We're here every Thursday night praying, seeking the Lord. We, I mean, people get afraid. I don't know how to pray out loud. You know what? Just come on Thursday. You don't even have to pray. Come and be a part. We encourage you. We want you to come so you can partake in the praying. But you can come and just, just, uh, just listen and be a part of the, of the prayers. We have a prayer chain. Julie operates that. Um, be a part of that. Pray. If you want to know your wife, you talk to her, right? If you want to know your husband, you talk to him. Praying, it's our communication with God. A desire to worship him will be another indicator. If you have a desire to worship him on days other than just Sunday, um, or maybe you don't even have that desire on Sunday, maybe we battle through that. And once again, we struggle. We have struggles in everything. But as we grow and as we come closer to God, our desire to worship him is going to increase. To just be along with him, to sing, to listen to his music. I used to listen to Christian music um, to help me, to help me battle things that I, you know, I want to love God. I want to know him. So I, I loved country music at that time. There's still some great songs, nothing against any kind of music at all. But for me, you know, sticking to uh, Christian music helped me come into that worship of him um, more often. And that led to, you know, loving him more. It, it just, it helped me. It helped me. So worship is going to be another area that you'll see a, a desire for that increase a desire for christian fellowship okay um you guys are all here you you guys want to be a part of fellowship that's great um you guys can also plug into other things we've got a lot of things going on uh where we can the the, the safe thing about being here though and and just being here and, and and nowhere else is nobody really knows you nobody knows your struggles um nobody knows what you're going through everybody here struggles if you didn't struggle, you'd be sin-free. We all struggle with sin. We all struggle with that. Okay? We want to struggle well. Right? That's what, we want to struggle well. And what better way for me to be able to struggle well than have my friends praying for me, knowing what I'm struggling with, helping me out, keeping me accountable. The safe thing to do is just come here and, and to be gone. And when we care legitimately about being transformed by God into an image of him, we'll take all the help we can get. We'll also have a sincere desire to be obedient to the word. A sincere desire to be obedient to the word. How are we obedient to the word if we don't even know it? So that goes back to being in the word to be an obedient, I have a sincere desire to follow every word of, the, of, of God. I struggle with it, but I, I want, that's what I want for my life. I sin. I, I do struggle, but that's my desire. Um, Paul, the greatest missionary we've ever seen, and we already stated, um, he struggled. He said it. I, I keep doing the things that I don't want to do. I keep doing the things that I don't want to do and I can't seem to do the things that I want to do. That hurts him, though. That really, genuinely hurts him. It bothers him. So do we have a, a hatred of sin and a desire to be obedient? And the last thing I put down was a desire to tell others about him. You guys, if we really believe in him, if we really believe that he is the only way just like if you believe that you just watched a great movie, you believe that this diet really works, you believe that um, what, 
uh, this treatment really helps, uh, this pill really helps, uh, um, you're going to tell people. And those things are minor. Those things are minor. This is a major thing, right? So if you believe in him, you're going to tell. I mean, you, you might struggle in it. You may not be gifted with a gift of evangelism, but somehow you'll figure out a way to talk. Somehow you'll figure out a way to slip something in there. And then one more thing that I, that, that, I, that I put in here for us to help us to have a better understanding whether or not we believe. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. A pretender is going to have a hard time here. Actually, they can't. These are the fruits of the Spirit. So when we are saved, we, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. This is a result. These are a result of the power of God, not you, not me. So if you don't have the power of God in you, you can't do this. So we might look at what somebody's doing and say, oh, that, that's helpful, that's nice, that's kind, but what about love? What about an unconditional love? What about a joy that, that we are content with where we're at no matter our circumstances? The world could be coming in. We could be in jail. We could be beat. I've got a joy that allows me to sing. Peace, same thing. I've got a peace, not dependent upon my belly being full, me having a house, me having a car, me knowing what's coming tomorrow. I've got a legitimate peace. Kindness, I'm kind to people. It doesn't require their kindness to me. It doesn't require them being nice. It's kind. It's kind. I'm compassionate to them. Faithfulness to God. Gentleness and self-control. These are fruits of the Spirit. Um, If you've seen a change in your life, that some of these are, are more evident, that, that you've left some of these things and you're growing in that, praise God, you've, you've got the Holy Spirit in you. Um, if, 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 if all this is true, if you have this belief, uh, you know, and it's going to come, and then this is going to help prove that because you can't, you can't fake this. So, um, as I said, these are the fruits of the Spirit and the, and the pretenders are really going to lack here. So, So where are you at today? Do you have this kind of a belief? Do you have a belief that's turned towards God? That's desired this relationship that that understands God as a relationship, that pursues, desires this relationship, and you've turned to him, you've repented from your sin, and and you're you're going towards him, you're moving towards him, you you love him, and, and he is your passion, he is your pursuit. Do you, do you know him like that? Is that what would define your belief? Or would it be better defined by, I'm banking on that church camp salvation experience, that salvation experience that I had where I cried and felt bad for my tears when I copied a prayer. Or I'm just working hard. I'm working hard. Or maybe you haven't done any of that Maybe you don't know him at all, and you want to have a belief. Today's the day for that. Let, let this message hit you, every, every one of you, every one of us, so that we can really ask ourselves, is it possible, is it possible this could be me? Is it possible? Remember, those in Matthew 7 were shocked. They were shocked. They were church-going people that were shocked that they weren't going to be in heaven. So you guys, if, if you don't know God, if you don't believe in Him, or if you haven't believed Him in this way, um, we'd like to pray with you. Come on forward. And, and we'll pray with you. Okay, now I just got done saying there's no, it's not a, you're right.
All that you're going to do by coming forward is we are going to help talk with you, help you understand what's going on in your heart, what's already happened in your heart. We can't save you. A prayer that we pray with you won't save you. It's what's going on in your heart, okay? So that's what that is. That's why we want you to come forward. You can be saved. You can come to know God um, by, by just sitting out there in your chair. That, that's fine. Or you can at home. But as we, we saw here, the example here in, in Acts, um, when, when the jailer came to know God, they continue to work with him. They, they fed him the gospel, right? They gave him more truth. And if you come to know Christ, we want to know that. We don't want you to struggle on your own. We'll struggle with you. We want to know who you are so we can pray for you. Any help that you need, we'll be there for you. So if that's true, if that's who you, uh, if that's you, if you want to know God in that way, have this kind of belief, come forward and we'll pray with you. We're going to have our... Um, Elders, uh, come up. Worship team, um, come on up. Um, we're going to have people up front here that will pray with you. If you want to simply um, just confess sin, you say, you know, I, I know God. He knows me. And uh, I've been struggling in that relationship. Um, I, I've turned. I've repented. I've gone toward, but I fall back. I've, I've, I fall, I'm struggling. You come up here too. We'll, we'll pray for you too. Um, just confess sin and, and move back into that right relationship with him. Um, and then if there's anybody else out here who's just on fire for the Lord and, and this message, you know, has spoke to them, you know, you could be of some help. Why don't you come up here and pray for those people? So we could have everybody up here. We could have everybody up here if you want. We're just praying for each other loving for each other, realizing our only hope is in God. Our only hope is in this relationship. We want to know him. I'm struggling. You're, we're all struggling together. Let's struggle together. We can pray together. You can come to know him for the first time. We'll take all the time we need. 